Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Dennis. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Mom's going to be great. It's going to be great for our ball club. We got, a, we got two great point guards in, in Zoe and, uh, and Doe. And, uh, and that rhymes, so I kind of like that a little bit. Um, but they're going to be great for our ball club. Um, he has a great uh, guy that he can talk to every single day, and that's still one of the best point guards we had in our league for years. So, um, you know, it's a benefit from that for sure. All right, welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Canal, Rajah Bell, our boy Brady Quinn joining us today. That was LeBron James talking about his new team, the Lakers. I have a question. Zoe and Doe. Zoe and Doe. Yeah, I gotta make sure, I don't know anybody calls him Doe. I gotta check that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I gotta check my background. Hey, I gotta go get with nicknames. Horses. LeBron's big camaraderie. Go out there. Question for you, cause I saw this yesterday. They were out there, looked like scrimmaging. And it looked like they were running shirts and skins. Did yeah. that still happen? It, no, it started happening again. Like, it, <laughs> right. it went away. When I played, we didn't like do it. Nice practice unit, yeah. right? <laughs> and then I started to notice, like, when I was in Cleveland for the year, they like, LeBron had a habit of being without a shirt, right? And then it kind of trickled down. Like, then you'd see, like, Tristan Thompson without a shirt. J.R. Smith. Now he <laughs> no, no, never puts his shirt. shirt on. Right. right. Now we're, now the whole team's without a shirt. So now it just looks like you do your pressers without shirts, like the whole, Right. The whole thing is I mean, if you have the tats that, that they've got, if you've got right. the physique that they've got with the six pack, I would probably do them topless so too. Why aren't you doing the show without a shirt on? Why, why did I do that? <laughs> I got a couple more weeks. I think. Right. <laughs> what is it? Isogenics you're working? Isogenics. Yeah. I'm yeah. Right. yeah Let's right. get a Brady up that. He's the health <laughs> expert in here. He could help both of us for sure. Um, when you look at the Lakers though, we talked a little bit of, about it yesterday with their, um, you know, media days are coming. We're getting yeah. close to the preseason starts on Friday. Um, Rondo has announced that he's going to start over Lonzo. Um, oh, Rondo announced that. Well, the Rondo, Rondo I, might have announced that. Well, just at this point. LeBron, LeBron yeah. probably made that decision right. for him. He's always making those calls. I always think it's interesting too how LeBron tries to act like Luke Walton is in charge. Like it is opening presser. Yeah. He's like, well, whatever Luke wants to do, you know, it's coming down to LeBron. But with some of these pieces in place, we talked about the roster. What should the expectation expectations be for this team? LeBron history of carrying teams to the yeah. finals. Uh, in the West. So a successful season there um would be Western Conference Finals, I believe. I don't know that they they have enough to beat Golden State this year. Um but they have enough in a Western Conference that is really, really loaded again to to maybe get to the Western Conference Finals. Like, I mean, now that's predicated on like guys staying healthy, obviously. Um, you know, guys kind of submitting to the new roles because we talk about it all the time. But with LeBron, your roles change a bit. Uh, guys have to be willing to play that. The cool part about all of the veterans to me is that they're all incentivized to be the best version of themselves that they can be. They're on one-year deals. Um, they probably want to be a part of this going forward. So you'll get their the best version of them. So I, I think this team, though, will come out of the gates, look okay. They'll probably hit a lull somewhere through the season, but they could be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I think Western Conference Finals is is not out of the question for them. This is the Lakers, though, right? I mean, the the expectations for the fans are championships. That's the history of this organization. You look at what LeBron's been able to do anywhere he's been, I mean, even place like Cleveland. And so it, I just, I feel like I, I know that sounds like a win. Right. And, and already early on, people are talking to him about like, what, what does he have to do to prove himself? I mean, a, a reporter asked him that and he's like, what do you mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm here for four years. He's like, that's my commitment. But I think they're asking they want so much more. They, well, they, ultimately they will want more. I mean, like, at you the, think they at can the, deliver it though? No, at the end of the day, at the end of those four years, the championship would be what he has to do to, to achieve what he set out to do there, right? But just, this, it, no, no place he's been in year one have they won championship. Like, came to Miami, they didn't win it in year one. In Cleveland, they didn't win it in year one. And he had supporting cast. Like, he had the big three. Yep. And he had Kevin Love and Kyrie, which was essentially another big three. So, uh, there's enough of a sample size there for me and probably for Lakers fans to know that that's not happening this year. He gets a, he gets a year pass. He, he gets, gets a kind year. Of the red shirt kind of the, the, but don't get me wrong. They have to look good. Like they have to be a viable team in the West, which I firmly believe they can be. And that's why I said Western Conference finals because then the outlook is like it's, it's a, there's a very positive outlook and you've got a bunch of cap space next, next summer. So when you pair him with something like the trajectory is clearly you know, aiming for Golden State, and we're, and we're on the path. I guess my question to both of you guys is, you know, when he was in Cleveland, it was like you knew he was getting to the finals. Like, you knew at least that much, sure. whether or not he won. And that was kind of predicated on who's healthy, who's not, how the matchup ended up working out. But I feel like now that he's in the West, it's more reliant on if Golden State breaks up, then he can win a championship. Like, I think even in the next four years, I don't know that the Lakers can win one if Golden State stays status quo. Is that, is that not the case? Uh I would – I don't think – that that's necessarily the case. Like I, I think obviously Golden State is the premier team in the NBA, but LeBron is such a special player that if you pair him with the right number two and number three, that he could beat Golden State. He's proven that. Like he did it in Cleveland. So it's just going to take them getting the recipe there in um in in LA correct. And the first step in that is identifying who out there, whether it's Kawhi yeah. or who in that free agent class is going to be his number two, right? Because they've got to – look, their roster – I make the case their roster um, – when you say – like number one, like that's a toss-up, LeBron and KD, right? Yeah. Now, clearly number two, three, and four, you'd give that to Golden State. But number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're going to give that to L.A. Like they're better – positioned uh, around the fringes and and with depth in terms of young players and value contracts to be viable going forward. Golden State's about to reach a point where they got to start making some big decisions. Yeah. To your point about like can we keep all of these guys? Do all these guys want to take a little less to play together? So, like the Lakers are better set up longevity-wise than Golden State is. I think there are two things that could potentially cause problems. I think the problems is the right word for LeBron James. One is the Kobe Bryant effect. Yep. Because there are Laker fans, and then there are Kobe fans, and they're kind of crazy. You, sh- you know them very well. Oh, well, you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that very well. Uh, that shadow looms large. Yeah. And I don't think LeBron's going to love hearing about Kobe here, you know, when he's getting the mural painted over. The other thing I think could potentially p- cause some problems, and this is, this is one that probably shouldn't at all, but he's already getting questioned about, all right, why'd you go to LA? Is it because of your hot? Like, are you starting to shift your focus more towards winning championships to being this Hollywood, um, you know, mogul yeah. with creating films, you know, creating documentaries? Are either one of those legitimate beefs or gripes that anybody should have about LeBron or that could cause problems? The shift of focus, I, I I think that's silly. I mean, where we can totally there's no so there's no big deal. He can look. Totally you don't think Le, you don't think LeBron's been making films and and, <laughs> and like producing and and managing how, companies? How involved like, is he anyway? Yeah, I mean, he's. I got, mean, I know he's right. creative, but it's like, all right, come on, you, you you pay experts to be able to handle that when you're a producer. He's got a team of guys, and this is another thing that I love about LeBron. Like he's brought a lot of people with him, and these guys are accomplished in their own right. Like they've all gone places and 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 studied and and learned, and they're great businessmen. But like he provides this platform for them to do their thing, and they. 
they all knock it out of the park. So I'm really, I, I love when I see guys do that. But, um, I think he is involved on the creative side of some of these projects, of, of some of the things he wants to film, like the Liberty City, uh, Liberty City Warriors show. Watched it, yeah. I watched the first two episodes. I watched the first one. It's funny. Yeah. I know some of those kids, they play basketball against us. Really? Yeah. But like, I think that was a product of him being in this Miami area. Like he, like the Overtown and Liberty City is not too far from where that arena w- is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's involved. But I don't think that his focus is going to be any less than it was anywhere else he's ever been. You know, I, I think that's a, a a poor uh question for him. The Kobe one is interesting to me though because, you know, stars like they don't like sharing the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they yeah. now LeBron I think is secure enough in himself and he's he's got enough of a legacy to to know that it doesn't really matter. But I mean, if you hear that chirping and they don't get that championship in year two and now you're into year three and he still hasn't gotten it and now the debate gets louder and louder about whether, like I, you could see that being an issue at some point. I just, the only thing we haven't discussed in this regard is age. Yeah. You'd be 38 by the time this contract's done, right? I'm the same high school class as him. I remember going and watching him <laughs> Are you really? take on Columbus Brookhaven back when I was in high school and he was supposed to play in the U.S. Army All-American game with us, but obviously had mm-hmm. bigger things in the basketball side. But he's going to be 38 by the time this contract ends. That's why I feel like this is kind of his last opportunity to win another one or chase rings, to Danny's point, if, if that's what That's he's why about, I was surprised that he was cool with this roster because it doesn't look like they contend. Like, I felt he was going to try to recruit some, maybe one or two guys that could legitimately help him have a chance at the Warriors. Granted, it would have been a long shot still. Right. But it was a little bit surprising that he's so okay with this roster, which looks like a one-year kind of just well, band of guys pulled together just kind of hopefully compete. Initially, I was kind of with you, right? But first of all... I, yeah, I mean, eventually injuries are going to take place. Age catches up with everybody. But what I'd say is, like, when I looked at it through LeBron's eyes, I think he gave up this year, right, to probably gain three or four more years. I, I don't like in Cleveland and some of those other places that that he could have went. Yeah, they might have been ready to try to contend for one right now, but the heavy lifting was still going to be his in year three, four, and five. Like they're set up here. For him to do the heavy lifting now, and yeah, they might not win a championship this year, but you got a bunch of cap space. You bring in a, a like a superstar number two, and then you've got all of these babies that are really, really good players. Like some of these kids can be stars. So while in year one you're doing the heavy lifting, by year three you could you could potentially be number two. Now you'd still be LeBron James, but I, I, you could defer. And at times he did that with Kyrie. Kyrie was good enough where LeBron down the stretch of games would say, "Hey, go." He, you know, he go could be Scottie Pippen. Go yeah. do what you do, you know. And so I think. That LA is, it's got a good infrastructure and they're set up well for that to potentially take place for him where he isn't the guy in year four that has to do everything for a team. And I think he gave up one year to chase that, that potential opportunity. All right. Are you guys ready for some fireworks? <laughs> All right. Cause I got two topics. I think we're going to go at it a little bit. It's coming up next <laughs> on Off the Bench. All right. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Uh, so Le'Veon Bell, the drama that we've seen unfold there yeah. for a long time. Tell me, we got to get it. We got to get some sort of a uh, cough up in here. No cough button or when we just let people hear what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Yeah, extra, uh, extra stuff. Um, Le'Veon Bell. We talked a lot about it when he wasn't reporting to camp. What time would he be there? November 13th is the date that he needs to go to get credit for the season so he can go ahead and get paid the next year. So if he's not there by November 12th, yeah. he can't be a free agent next year? Like, no, he would actually be under the franchise tag again. again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So right. that's why, that's why everybody's saying that's the week you watch out for. Yep. And he will. Like he'll be somewhere. So James Harrison. Former Steeler, former teammate of his, has some advice for him. He came out and said, here's what he should do. He should report November 13th, 
go out, practice every day, look great in practice, and then Saturday say, ooh, man, I tweaked oh, something. Oh, yeah, I got a little tweak ooh. there. Shut it down. And then, you know, go on the, on the inactive list for that game, still gets credit for being on the team. So he still gets credit for those last games. And then he can go ahead and hit his free agency and get paid in the offseason. I, the more I think about where we are as a society with sports, <laughs> I hate it because I think more than ever, I think it's, I think there are a number of reasons for it. I think we've been corrupted by the money because there's so much money at stake, mm-hmm. but I think we've been corrupted where now it's every bit of advice that we give people is take care of you, take care of you, and it's never about the team. And I think this is just one more example. I think the advice is really bad, but because I think it will hurt him as far as perception of sure. other teams. And I think other teams would be like, you know what? Do we really want a guy like that on our team that would go to that extent to screw over his employer? Go ahead. I personally don't think it's going to impact him at all with any of their teams. Really? This is an NFL. Look, these these teams understand these guys are in it for them and and they're mutually joined uh with the incentive to try to win and and try to win together and once these guys get paid i think you know they understand they're on the same page about it so um i, I can understand his hesitation we, i talked to his agent and his whole thing is look when you see a a contract like what Todd Gurley got paid and you see all the wear and tear that Le'Veon Bell's gone through you more put it on the team and say look you had your chance to to sign it to a long-term deal He's proven himself to you. At this point, why should he want to look out for the Pittsburgh Steelers when being on the franchise tag for a second year, we haven't seen a player remain with the team after that. So, or going into that. So because of that, I think he's just saying, look, I don't want you to, you know, give me all this wear and tear. And, and look, I don't know how you guys feel. I've seen other guys who've been under contract at the end of the season in a losing season who've been like, Hey, bud, watch this. And all of a sudden they go to run around. Oh, oh, they're back. Yeah. And, and they pull their hands for the last two weeks just so they can ensure that they get to the end of the season relatively healthy and they kind of pack it in. So it wouldn't be beyond believing he could do something. Um, I think it's a bad look for Le'Veon. Um, I kind of, I agree with both of you guys. Like, I don't think ultimately it's going to kill him, but I do think it's, 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 it's not endearing to other fan bases, other players that, that, that you could potentially play with at, or front offices. Um, but I'm always going to be on player's side in in terms of franchises never have allegiances to to players like and and they only do until they don't right like even if you're the best player in that franchise like they may have allegiances to Tom Brady until Tom Brady can't do what Tom Brady does and then it's going to be hard facts bro look we we got a young guy to take your job um, fans never have an issue with it they only really ever seem to have a big issue as it pertains to players looking out for their corporations, which are themselves. And so I'm always pro player. Even when I was in the front office, I was pro player. And so for Le'Veon, like I, I'm kind of on the fence because where I was saying to sit out and, and do what you have to do to get your money. Like at this point now, I need you to come back. And I don't agree with, with the, the, the fake and injury thing. Like I think that's a bad look. I think if right. you're there, if you're reported, then um, the, do your job. Like you've used the system to your, to, to your benefits thus far. Now the system dictates that you go and play football, go and play football, and then and then sort it out in the summer. And I think this is why you saw his own teammates come out and criticize him because it's something we've never seen before. Usually guys stay out of other guys' business. Like, hey, you get yours. Everybody understands that. He still has $14.5 million. At, like he's losing it a million, almost a million bucks a week right. as he sits out. But you look at it, I do feel like there is a part of me that looks at Le'Veon Bell and says he bailed on his teammates because this team was built for the Super Bowl. They still might be. 
they were, you know, the, the Jesse James catch away from getting home field to the playoffs. You know, they had an awful game against the Jags, but they were, they could have gone toe to toe with the Patriots. They were built that way to carry that over. And I think that's why the guys feel bailed on because yes, there was probably a 40 or $50 million guarantee next year. But all those other guys are having to wait for their deals too. Like yep. it's kind of the part of the business is you have to wait your turn and being in so much of the NFL is about being in the right place at the right time to get your payday. Yes, he's a little bit early. If he stays healthy, he'll get paid. But even if he didn't get, even if he got hurt, Todd Gurley had an ACL early in his, you know, at Georgia. In like Georgia. That, you know, like that, you can come back from that. So it's, it's not like different. you're not. That wasn't in a contract year though. Yeah. I mean, this no, is essentially a contract year. But if he tore his ACL, don't you think he would still get a significant pay? Maybe, maybe it wouldn't get him 40 or 50. You don't think it would get him 30 or 40? Not with all that wear and tear and injury in the NFL. A little different story. I mean, look, here, how do we get here, right? Like, how do we get to this point? Here's the issue with the, the franchise the tag. <laughs> well, the franchise tag wasn't created for Le'Veon Bell. Right. It wasn't created for Tremaine Johnson. It wasn't created for any other player other than a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That was what it was created for. So teams could then keep their franchise quarterback. And much like Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, some of these guys who are getting towards the end of the rookie deal, they want to be able to have an additional year to see whether or not they're the guy. And they could still compensate them well, but not really agree to a long-term deal with them yet. The problem is, is we've now applied it to other positions. And because we've applied it to other positions, now the money starts escalating at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And these players and agents have gotten smart. And they're saying, okay, look, if you're willing to pay me this for one year, now you've got to be willing to pay me that for multiple years if you want a long-term deal. And it kind of flipped this model on its head. And the issue is teams all of a sudden aren't as willing to agree to that, yet they're willing to agree to pay for them one year. So it kind of contradicts itself. So the issue is now you find a team that goes into its second year with Le'Veon Bell. They couldn't get a deal done. That had more to do with the structure of Pittsburgh and their organization and not wanting to pay a bunch of guaranteed money, not wanting to pay a big signing bonus. That's how they've always been. Look at Antonio Brown's contract. So because of that, that's what gets us to this point. And again, I'm, I'm much like Raja where I side with the player, not because I don't want what's best for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're doing fine. Look, James Conner was one of three running backs who had 200 rushing yards, over 100 receiving yards. He, he had a lot of production the first few weeks. So like they're going to be fine without Le'Veon Bell. But he's got to look out for his long-term interest because he is still young and he's, he has had a ton of wear and tear. And that is something where the one thing that will depreciate him aside from a torn ACL in that next contract is how many touches he gets. You better believe someone's got a clock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he's had over like a thousand the past few years. Right. Well, look, uh, and the bailing on the teammates, like I, I could see where you, you may think that if you were in the locker room, right? But what I'd say to that is um, if I were making my $14 million and choosing not to play, like then I feel like I'm bailing on you. But if I'm going to sacrifice yeah. a million dollars every a week yeah. – then I'm not really bailing. That should show you how much this means to me. Like I'm, I'm, no. I'm trying to protect my future here. It's not about bailing. Bailing is like you're sitting there collecting your check. You're over there eating steak while I'm about to warm up for the game. You know what I mean? Right. One last thing though, because you said he's losing. He's not technically losing it. Like I'm more looking at it as like he he walks by a room in his house and there's like 14.5 million stacked up, and then every week like a little bit more disappears. Yeah, but like, that's, 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 that's but it's not even his though. You know, I ain't walking like, by that room. I'm making sure that he's there. All right, let's. Let's go to college because I think we could have uh, an interesting discussion on this one too. Nick Saban talking about Jalen Hurts and about you know the guys redshirting Kelly Bryant. Jalen Hurts is going to still play. Nick Saban talked about the plan with Jalen. Well, you know I think Jalen has been very very professional about you know the way he's 
sort of handle the situation he's in. I, I, you know, I've said it's a unique situation. Nobody's ever been in this situation before. Uh, won 26 games here, and now all of a sudden somebody else is playing. Uh, but what he has done is he's worked every day to try to get better. Uh, he's focusing on improving and, you know, the value that he can get from this season because uh, we're going to play him as much as we possibly can. Uh, he deserves to play. He's a good player. Um, and, you know, there may be a time in the future where, you know, he becomes the guy uh, if something happens. Couple things. I think one, the fact that he said he's handled this like a professional is a eyebrow. Like it's like, oh, really? You want to go there? Like everybody that wants to pay the players is going to use that against them. Um, the other thing too, and I think we talked about this a little bit because Kelly Bryant, after our show yesterday, decided to transfer. I think this goes to show you can't have a blanket statement of I hate when guys transfer. I, you know, I, I, lo- I love when they stay because each situation is different. I think this actually could work for Jalen Hurts if his, like, what is his goal? It depends on what he wants to do. If he wants to possibly get to the NFL and do everything he can to get there, I think him showcasing his skill set with those players around him, even if it's garbage time, even if it's the second half, he's going to play significant playing time this year because they're that much better than everybody else. He could still achieve that goal. And after the season, he can decide to go somewhere else. I don't know how many players go to college to back somebody up. Like, I just don't. Like, I mean, when you go to college, you want to play. Like, you want to be on the field. You want to be on the court. Now, sure, sometimes people get beat out and you, you wind up, you know, doing what you have to do. But, like, you've won, you've won as a starting quarterback. I have to imagine that deep down, like, you might be handling this as professionally as can be expected, but Jalen Hurts wants to play. He want you. You want quarterbacks, especially like basketball is a little different yeah. because we're all five out there, like contributing yeah. kind of the same way. Like quarterback, you're the leader. You want to lead, right? It's what you've been conditioned to do since you guys were like nine, ten years old. Like you want to sit there and watch the guy in front of you lead. So I commend Jalen um, in handling it the right way. But I just, you know, I generally speaking, I think that guys, when that happens, and you've been the dude, and they bring a younger version of you, and he takes your spot, and that's now your future, like. But I I will never have a beef with somebody saying yo I'm out and I would I would actually tell dudes hey man get your what stuff What would you do? Well, so what would you I want to play? What would you do though? What what about competing? I what play. about standing? I've up competed. For I've competed, and you've yeah. said I've competed. I've laid everything I have out there. It was my look, Danny. If this was a clean slate and we both came in even and we competed and you beat me, then maybe I feel like hey you know what maybe I can I'll get better. He'll you know maybe he'll see the light at the end of the tunnel one day. But if I started above you and now they feel like you're above me, like the writing's on the wall there. Like yeah, they've told I, you all you need to know. He's a younger player too, right? I mean it's a younger guy coming up behind Jalen Hurts who then is taking over for him. So there's no light at the end of the tunnel unless there's an injury or unless all of a sudden Tua Tagovailoa starts playing awful. Here's the thing. To your initial point, I do think you have to look at each individual case separately because in the case of Kelly Bryant, he's graduated. He's got his degree. Yep. Like, call me a dork. Call call me a geek, whatever you want. I care about education. Like, yeah. I, I care about these kids getting their degree at some point if that matters to them. And, it, you know, with, with Kelly Bryant, you can sit there and say, well, he's going to be a graduate transfer. He's got his degree. So wherever he goes, it's purely about football. Right. Jalen Hurts may say, like, look, I want my degree to be from Alabama. Like, I've done a lot here where I feel like I've got building some equity, maybe long-term for branding for me or a job down the line if football doesn't work out. This is better for me. And and maybe that's the case. So maybe he's okay sitting behind Tua Tonga-Vailoa until his um, 
eligibility is up, and then he and he moves on. He gets a shot at the NFL or not. And Alabama is one of those schools, kind of like USC, where we made the example of, of Matt Castle yesterday, how you don't necessarily have to play to be able to do it because they have sent some guys to the NFL. Um, maybe it hasn't worked out quite as well as like the USC quarterbacks, but it's not like Nick Saban doesn't have the ear of NFL scouts and head coaches right. ask him about Jalen Hurts and what he can be. The, the biggest question is, if Jalen Hurts feels like he can be an NFL quarterback, he needs reps. He, he he didn't go there to be a backup. And now that he is, even though you can practice, practice ain't the same. It's not the same as a game. And so if he wants to get those reps to improve or prove to people, much like Kelly Bryant, that he can eventually go play in the NFL, he, he will need to go somewhere else. And, and that's ultimately where you hope that Nick Saban is looking at it saying, you know, I want to do what's best for our team now, obviously, which you can make the case is. Tough to compare to prepare for a right-handed quarterback, a left-handed yeah. quarterback, one who can run the way he can, one like Tua. So it's tough every week preparing for both because you might see them both, but it's not in the best interest of the kid because it doesn't preserve him for um, you know another year of eligibility where he can go demonstrate the skills. Unfortunately, it may be against you if he transfers to a, a rival school. So Kelly Bryant did decide to leave yeah. after four games, had the meeting. I actually give Dabo Sweeney a lot of credit for telling him at the fourth week that was classy. he would have that option Absolutely. to go. He's he's come out and he said he didn't feel like he got a fair shot. I disagree with that. I think he had every opportunity to go out there last year to showcase what he could do, this year to showcase what he could do. He decides to leave. This one to me, I think, like I look at this and I just wonder if he's going to regret this decision. And I do feel that some of these, like what about the aspect of team and starting what you finish? Like start finishing the year. Like it's one thing to transfer. Like if Jalen Hurts transfers after the season or if he would have transferred before the season, I would have said, that's cool. Like go ahead, do your thing. But after four weeks of a season, when your team is trying to accomplish things, guys that you went to training camp with, guys that are out there putting their bodies on line for you, protecting you, and you're leaving, you're bouncing after four games, I think that is bailing on your teammates so you want him to just stick around there he's not going to play any you want him to burn the red shirt year or you well, want him to just be around the program eligibility but i would have right. preferred him to say in the summer all right i can see this i'm going to leave the, after, you know, after make the, the decision before the year starts and then but he, but he was out of eligibility no, cause he's, cause he could still do the same thing. Like it would have been a non-year. He could have redshirted. Prior to this season, well, you're it, saying? Well, if he doesn't play. Prior to the season. Prior, yeah. But he, he was, I'm saying he was the starting play. quarterback though. He yeah, but, start- he could, but if you, but if you really feel like, hey, cause you gotta know you're competing for a job. And if you lose that job, to me, if you, if you lose that job and you quit immediately, that to me says you're quitting on your team. And you're not willing to be. The other thing too, this is a product of the rule though, more so than anything. It is. I think the rule is flawed. Because no one saw this coming. If the rule allows them to go four games in the season, you know, you're going to have this issue and this isn't the first, or this isn't going to be the last. I mean, there's going to be more of this moving forward. A lot of it. If he did stay and he does have to go play and he burns that eligibility, he's done. Right. He right. have another opportunity. So right. If he would have played him, one more snap next week yeah. against the, with Syracuse, then he would have been done for the year. And that's why I'm I, saying I, I just can understand make the his point before the year starts, so you could have sat out this he year. But you, you, but you were comp- like on one hand, we want to compete, right? Like that's what we're talking about. Like so, if you're Kelly Bryant and you are you are that competitor that you want to see, right? Like yeah. he's not conceding the job. Um, he wants to go out there and compete for the situation, and he did. Then once you lose it, now, now you're forced to make a decision, right? Now I'm a senior and if I do play anymore, my college career is right. over. So like, I'm not going to bail in the summer if you're saying to me, look, I got a, I got a legit shot to win this job. And- I just don't like the trend we're getting into where guys, 
If they don't win the job, they leave to find a place where they can play. I just don't love that. Cause I, what about competition? And I think for every success story, cause there are some, there are more now than ever because right. more guys are transferring. Baker Mayfield transferred. Will Greer is a transfer. Like they're all over the board. A couple of the quarterbacks that were drafted last year transfers. For every one of those, there's a guy like Malik Henry who we talked about on last chance. Sure. He played at, it started in high school and it is starting in high school. He transferred, he played in four different high schools in four years looking for the right job to play. Where can I go where I don't have to compete? That's the problem I have with the mentality that we're getting nowadays, and I think it's dangerous, and I think it t- takes away from competitive, I, I, and I think it takes away from the. I would now. I would always say that, like, just for me personally, like, college meant so much, like, and in terms of setting me up to be able to do what I did, and being in the right situation was like one hundred percent important to me, and so we we looked for that when I was leaving Boston University. I needed the right situation, and and. These are kids trying to make a future. I will always like default to that. So if a kid doesn't want to compete, um, and I'm not saying that he didn't want to compete. I think he wanted to compete. He obviously did. But if he gets beat out and there's someone making $9 million saying, all right, I choose you over you, then I am in firm like support of that kid saying, okay, then I choose that program over yours because I think it gives me a better chance to do what I ultimately want to do. Whether they do it or not, like the guy making that decision, again, he's a professional. Like he's he's doing what he loves to do. He's doing what he set out to do. He's making a lot of money to do it. Him making the decision, like on on your future, I don't agree with it. I don't. I think kids and their family should have the opportunity to make the decision, like they did when he was in high school. If that situation isn't all that it's been sold to be, like I think they have a right to go try to find a better situation for themselves. Look, to me, it's about opportunity. I mean, for a lot of these guys, if they do have aspirations of having a shot at playing in the NFL, it has to be about that. And as much as you want to make it about the team. You know, that's every individual though. Like we talk about quarterbacks because they're in the spotlight. There's other players who transfer too and who take up the opportunity to move somewhere else. We just don't tend to look at them as much as we do quarterbacks because they're more in the spotlight. Um, so that's the ultimate. I mean, for all these guys I and mean, look at Tom Brady, as much as he stuck through the battle going back and forth between him and Drew Henson, he needed an opportunity and someone eventually took him to sixth round and, and got him to that point. But, um, I just, I don't have as big of an issue with it. I think it's good that these guys, um, you know, and look at all the different, you know, uh, positions you're seeing right now. Yep. Uh, right. But, but I, I, it's good that these guys have opportunities. Yeah. Listen, bro, you, you chose the other cat. Don't worry about me no more. Like, you, you, pick, you picked your <laughs> well, guy. Don't even, don't worry about me. If anything happens to Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be in a bind. And that's when I, that's on you, Dabo. That's on you, Dabo. Of course. You know who might regret it? Dabo might regret it. Kelly Bryant might too. I'm just saying. All right, we got to keep an eye on that one. You know who's coming up next? Every Thursday, our boy Emory Hunt is going to give us picks, college and NFL. Coming up next on Off the Bench. All right, every Thursday we bring in our guy Emery Hunt, the sports line expert. He's got the nice backdrop today. Do you want to explain the shirt really quick? Beat me last because you gave it to us in the commercial. Why don't you let everybody know what it is? It's all about winning your last game. You're only as good as your last game. So it doesn't matter that my Raging Cajuns beat Miami. It was in 1932. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. I That's love low it. Blow. That's a low Roswell. blow. Never beat Florida State, though, at least to my knowledge, they didn't. Uh, you can follow him at FBallGamePlan on Twitter. Let's get to it. Two and three last weekend. Perfect on the NFL, but a rough weekend on the college side. So big bounce back week. Let's start with the big game. Ohio State goes on the road to Penn State. No Nick Bosa. He's out for the foreseeable future. How do you think that could impact that game? Ohio State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like? If Nick Bosa was Ohio State's only key defender, I would say, okay, Penn State has a great chance. Now, they still have a chance because they're a good football team, but Ohio State is just better. I haven't seen a quarterback more accurate than – 
uh, Dwayne Haskins has been so far this season. So I think they cover, I would say, later points with Ohio State in this game. I like it. Yeah. I like, I, I do like that pick. Uh, Emory, we want to move on to another game. Uh, and it's against your old alma mater. You talked yeah. about those raging cages, man. They're going to Tuscaloosa. They're taking on the Crimson Tide, who have beat their first four opponents by 41 points. They're giving 49 in this case. Who are you going with? Do you like your alma mater or do you like the Crimson Tide? I always love my alma mater, but the problem is when I saw this game in the summer, I, I thought this was maybe University of Alabama at Biloxi, right? But then I looked deep. <laughs> it was actually Tuscaloosa. Like, who scheduled that? But this game is going to be an issue for my Raging Cajuns. The reason being is because when you go from your starting quarterback into it to your backup, you're bringing in Jalen Hurts. So I can see this game probably getting a little bit out of hand. But at some point, pride will kick in. I don't think the Cajuns will lose by 49 points. So I would say take my Raging Cajuns and the points in this one. Wow. Oh, wait. Wow. All right. A few weeks ago, you like North Texas. They, they obviously beat up on the Razorbacks. Uh, this week they got La Tech. They're laying seven and a half. What you got? I like La Tech in this game. I would say take Louisiana Tech in the points. One player in particular to watch, Amik Robertson. He was a guy that was coming out of high school, big time playmaker, uh, out of New Orleans. And a lot of the big schools shot away from him because he's too small, but size is not a skill. And last year as a true freshman, he led the nation in picks. Front four true freshman. So I think he's going to play a big role in this ball game. I like La Tech's defense being the reason why they knock out North Texas. Oh, nice one. A little upset pick there. I like it. Uh, let's move on to the NFL. Carson Wentz, we saw him in action last week. Eagles going to the Titans, who had one of the shockers last week, beating the Jaguars, maybe one of the ugliest football games we've seen in a while. Marcus Mariota's back in the lineup for them. Eagles are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you like in this one? I just don't see how, one, the Titans can run the football, and two, how they can complete passes on a consistent basis versus that pass rush. So I don't see how the Titans are going to get points in this ball game. So I would just straight up pick the Eagles to win this one in a big fashion. Emory, I might point out, you were 2-0 last week in the NFL picking, so props on that. We won't mention the college stuff. <laughs> one more NFL game, though, right? The Seattle Seahawks had Arizona take on the Cardinals. Rookie quarterback Josh Rosen, his first start. Is it tough They're trying to make a determination on what these rookies are going to look like in their first start? It's always tough. And last week, in my comparison for uh, uh, Josh Rosen was Sam Bradford. So they go from Sam Bradford to a younger version of Sam Bradford, which means they're probably going to be the same as far as their pocket presence. So I think that pass rush from Seattle, that aggressiveness, will cause a lot of problems. I think the Seahawks win this one big as well. All right, thanks, Emery. Good stuff. We'll get uh get those picks up for next week. We'll see you next Thursday. Appreciate that, guys. Hey, guys, we're going to start with what was the big news yesterday. Jimmy Butler wants out of Minnesota and into South Beach. So as we know, Butler requested a trade last week, and now new reports are saying that the Miami Heat are his favored destination. Well, wow. leave it to the good folks on Twitter to do some investigative reporting for all of us. A Barstool account found this old article of Jimmy B from back in 2013. And if you look really closely, you can see that very last question says, the one thing I never wear is, and Jimmy filled in the blank by saying, quote, a Miami Heat <laughs> jersey. I would also like to add, if you look up, it says he would never go on, with, on a trip without four pairs of earrings and some colorful pants. So yeah. can we just all hope that he's moved on from these really terrible answers? He also apparently doesn't usually wear socks, which, which I'm grabbing from this photo as well. It's just kind of gross, but I'm also not wearing socks right now. <laughs> Me neither. Living in Florida, it's too hot to do it. I, I like it. 
Uh, that's funny though. Everything on record nowadays. You got to be careful. With yeah, your head. always yeah. come back to haunt you. Got to watch out. Can't help it with an interview. What but scares me? What scares me is with kids. Like everything we say, like they'll be able to Google oh, yeah. all this stuff one day, and they're like, "Dad, you said this one time." Like we're in trouble. For sure. <laughs> all right, from one state change to another. When Dan Mullen left Mississippi State for Florida, the opinions of many people in Starkville, Mississippi, changed. In fact, one ice cream shop even renamed a Sunday that was previously named after Mullen. So the shop is called Bop's Frozen Custard, and they changed the name of this dessert that was once called the Mullen over to the lateral move. This is, of course, a tribute to Mullen's 2014 (laughs) quote where he called going from Mississippi State to Florida a lateral move. Mullen returns to his old stopping grounds on Saturday when Florida travels to take on Mississippi State. So it sounds like someone got soft serves. (laughs) (laughs) Very well done. Very well done. I like how you slipped that in there. That was very well done. Starkville, aren't they known for ice cream too? Have you ever done a game? Apparently custard. I have not. What is custard? It's like a fattier what? version of my It's like immediately clogging your artery. Pretty much. You might as well just inject it in your veins <laughs> as it clogs them up. There's a restaurant there in Stark. Starkville, Stark Vegas. It's one of the weirdest, like, random towns in college football. That's surprising. One of the best restaurants I've ever been to, Restaurant Tyler. Shout out to them in Starkville. It's incredible. Restaurant and I think Tyler. they're known for their, uh, their uh, ice cream. Custard? What's yeah. the what's the cuisine at Restaurant Tyler? Like, what are like, we talking? A little Southern. Southern? Yeah, but it's good. Like, upscale Southern. It's, yeah. awesome. yeah. so it's not like American French fusion or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't no, I don't think so. <laughs> Brady, how do you not know what custard is? How do I know? How do you not know? I I, I did grow up in Ohio, and then I played college ball in Indiana. (laughs) People tend to like their custard up. Raja didn't. I I have no idea. Oh, that's. I'm sorry. I I mean, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it like tastes like or looks like. Oh man, we got to teach you some things, Raja. That's all for socially relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Coming up next, the boys run through today's leftovers, including some extra tea on Bryce Harper. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Off the Bench. All right, welcome back off the bench. Our boy Brady Quinn hanging out with us today. Let's do a little baseball because the Nationals, once again, they, they have been for the past five or six years the the favorite. Everybody loves picking them to make their run this year. They get over the hump. Bryce Harper, the face of their franchise, been one of the hottest commodities in baseball. He said yesterday is probably going to be his last game most likely because I don't think the Nationals are going to pay him. His quote was, it's definitely crazy walking in today and knowing this could be my last game at Nats Park in my white jersey. It's definitely something that you're not sure how you're going to react and not sure what it's going to be like. If that's after the game or even before, I knew I wanted to get here and put the uni on right away and just cherish that moment if it's going to be the last time or not. Rumors coming into the season, once he hit the open market, was he going to be $400 million man, the first $400 million man? I think he's, that's dramatically been reduced to probably about 300, which is still not a bad payday for him, obviously, to yeah. get that kind of, that kind of, uh, change. Uh, some of the other players, uh, Giancarlo Sant got the 325 mil. He's a unique player. I think the reason this national team hasn't been as good as people thought is there have been some clubhouse issues, just chemistry. I, I don't want to put it all on him because I think it's obviously throughout the clubhouse, but I think he's a selfish er player. Does that make sense? Like, I think he's yeah. a more selfish player than most people. I think he's more worried about the brand of Bryce Harper being a superstar than going to win a World Series, and I think that affects his teammates. It's a valid concern. There are always guys, any sport, uh, that can get you numbers, and they are phenomenal, like the, the, the abilities, but are they about winning, right? And, and ultimately, probably why I couldn't run a franchise because I put a lot of stock in in winning. Like I'm not just paying because you can. I'm paying because you can and it translates into wins. Um, and I think that's a valid concern. Like I don't have the answer. I don't watch enough baseball, but I knew guys like that in the NBA and I knew guys like that when we were targeting them in different places and I'd be like, no. 
And front office would, would be like, well, somebody else is going to pay him, so we need to. And I don't subscribe to that. I also wonder, too, because they play so many games together, maybe you felt this way playing basketball, uh, especially evaluating basketball talent, is is do the intangibles, like what kind of leader he is, what kind of locker room guy he is. Yep. Does it play more of a factor? Because, like, I, look, there's plenty of wide receivers. We can talk about that. Yeah. We're tough to deal with, especially on game day. But you kind of only had to see him a certain portion of your day and throughout the week. And then once, once those 16 games were over, you made the playoffs great. If not – that was kind of it. Like, right. if you didn't have a great relationship with them, you didn't necessarily have to. And, and don't get me wrong, locker room and your, your leadership and the chemistry is huge in football. But these guys are spending a long portions of time together. Does that factor in too? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Basketball, same way. Small, smaller locker room, especially in basketball. Not as much time as baseball. But yeah, dude, when you see somebody on a day to day to day, I mean, they're, whatever they are, if they're your alpha, I mean, it's projected, you know, and, and you kind of become a version of that, your team, or you, you run the risk of becoming a version of that. That's why I always say when you got a guy who's your number one who may be like that, you have to have a number two that's just got an infectious personality on the other side of the scope, right? Like he can balance the scales for you a little bit. Uh, I think that's the the intangibles are what separates the really good evaluators from everybody else. And it's hard to tell. I mean, I remember being at the combine, and I'm thinking in my mind, what answer can I give them that they want to hear? Like, I'm, a, I'm a, hey, I'm a gym rat. I'm going to study film all the time. Everybody's <laughs> going to say that, right. separating what it is. And then even more so, it's the leadership qualities. that Because everybody can see you can throw. Everybody in the NFL can throw at a certain – like, a lot of guys can hit. Now, Bryce Harper's a special hitter. But when you make those moves, it's it's spending the right money and getting the right guys. Recruiting, getting the right four and five stars, not just, not just the guys yeah. with the four and five stars in front of their name. So it'll be interesting to see what type of mark. Somebody's going to pay him. All it takes is one goes. to fall in love with him. Um, we have NFL football tonight. Vikings on the road against the Rams. Pretty big line, too. Seven-point favorite. The Rams are playing at home. Oh. Vikings obviously coming off to that really you know awful, horrendous loss against the Bills, in, uh, against Josh Allen. They had the Everson Griffin thing, which I think – helped explain that loss a little bit like the fact that they showed up so bad no seriously like i think it did have some nothing you can explain that loss <laughs> come on man it like when they're best at home players versus yeah, a rookie quarterback in his they, first start on the they road they could be rattled though like they could be no. rattled me- emotionally Boy, mentally me, i've been a part of a team that had a tragedy happen the day before the game we came out the next day and won that game yeah it, like inspired us in a way so i i don't know if that event did or not i just it was a poor showing by a team that I think maybe is losing some of its consistency. Maybe like we were relying too much on that defense playing the way they are, and Kirk Cousins is still trying to figure himself out. As well as their OC, John D. Flippo. Yes. It's the first time calling plays. Like That takes time to figure out your identity. Also, they didn't have Dalvin Cook last week. History has not been kind to the team, the road team on a short week on Thursday Night Football. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get that back on track. I, almost, I do feel like we overcorrect, and that's why there's such a big line here. Like I feel... You were asking. I feel like the Vikings will be able to keep it closer than a touchdown. And also, on the flip side, you get the Rams. Everybody's telling them how great they are. They've been playing awesome. Is it their turn to have their letdown game? But they look really good. A lot of people have them going to the Super Bowl. Uh, so you guys rooting for Europe, huh? In the Ryder Cup? Come on, you got, bro. You guys got no colors on? Like, no, no patriotism? We're too early. Tomorrow, whatsoever. Which we found out. <laughs> yeah, but you got to get ready beforehand. You got to, like, start pre-gaming. Uh, the Ryder Cup is one of my favorite events to watch because it puts golfers in an individual sport and something they're totally not used to. Some of the guys obviously played in college. It's a college team. But this is totally different. They're playing for their country. And from some of the like TV stuff that you're seeing out, Rory's getting the crowd ready to go. Uh-oh. Like The crowd is going to be heckling the U.S. team, which I can't wait to watch. It's awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Um I, I, I just lo- I love that you get to see dudes who are knocking heads every week. Like 
they become like you start to see those relationships. You don't you don't get to see that on a day to day tour event, right? Like or week to week, but you get to see the relationship between Tiger and and Rory or or Dustin, and you know those are interesting to me. Like I like to watch you know the wives like kind of go around the you know what I mean. Like yeah. I like to see the family type like, environment. I, I just like the crowd. I love the, right. the environment, the trash talk, all of that. That's yeah. what I love seeing a guy. It's different putting when it's just your money or when it's for your country. True that. That's a whole different level of pressure. <laughs> I see some guys crumble, some guys shine. It'll be yeah. uh, interesting to see what. Happen. Yeah, USA. <laughs>